I was physically not doing very well. I was getting dizzy and I was just so fatigued. And I realized that I can't do that again. I have to structure my time much better. Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to episode 37. Now, from time to time, I like to bring my clients on the show because I work with incredible businesses, businesses that are truly changing the world. And I mean it when it comes to this guest. (laughs) So I want to introduce you briefly before we get stuck in our conversation to Sue Collins. So Sue is an impact filmmaker. And I'll just explain what that means. So basically, she produces, writes, and creates content that inspires audiences and motivates them to take positive action. So she runs the Moonshine Agency with her partner in all things, Mike Hill. Her first films have been acknowledged with a multitude of awards, and her work has reached millions globally, shaped government policy, like actually shaped government policy, and led to the development of several important social initiatives through Sue. She's changing how things are done. Well, she and her partner, right? Her recent work, Conquering Cancer, which you will hear about coming up in this episode, shines a light on the opportunity to eliminate cervical cancer globally. Again, like this is a huge thing to take on. And it's her first appearance as well as a presenter. She recently started the Moonshine Communications Agency, or I should say Moonshine Communications Academy, where she teaches aspiring filmmakers how to make movies that matter through a podcast and resources, including online courses. Sue has been doing some incredible work on this planet. I've been honored to work with her and I am excited to introduce her to you guys. So let's get started. Welcome to the show, Sue. I'm actually really excited that you're here because I'm going to get to talk to you about a side of your business I actually don't know about yet. So welcome. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm also excited to be here and I'm really curious about where the conversation's going to (laughs) go. Me too. Okay. (laughs) So I'm not going to talk too much about what you do because I want you to tell us. So why don't you start by telling us a bit about your business and why you do what you do? Okay. Well, I'm Sue Collins, as introduced, and I run an impact film production house here in Melbourne. We make a lot of documentary-focused projects. The majority of our work is documentary, but exciting things are coming in the script world. We're doing some script writing at the moment too, so that's exciting. And all of our film work that we do is really about having a purpose. So it's purposeful content, and impact film really means that when someone consumes a film that we've created, they want to get engaged or they're designed to help people take an action. So as opposed to passive viewing, nothing wrong with passive viewing. We all <laughs> like doing that on the couch. But the content we create is much more about positive social impact, getting people involved in, in something, whatever that is. And why did you start your business? That's a really good question. Mm. My business partner, Mike Hill, and I, we've worked together for many, many years. And when we first started working together, I was a freelancer and I was working with Mike doing a lot of action sports, pop culture, you know, really fun, exciting kind of filmmaking things. But 
not necessarily fulfilling long-term sort of way, more just, you know, you work on that and then you work on the next thing. And then we started our own company, Moonshine Agency, and we had this opportunity to work on a really different film project for us. And it was brought to us by a leader in cancer control. And he said, you know, there's millions of people around the world who can't access morphine. Well, why? And we thought, okay, well, there's a story in this. And it was more a journalistic kind of approach, I think, that we took in the initial stage. And we thought, oh, how do we tell this story? You know, it's a sensational story and it's, you know, almost like a 60 minutes kind of thing. Yeah. But as we got into it and we learned more and more about it and we met these incredible thought leaders around the world and they're all specialising in what we call palliative care. And so we started learning all about this medical specialisation that I'd never personally been connected to before. And we realised that it was so much more than just access to pain relief. It was this whole other thing. And then because we couldn't get a broadcaster to commission it and all the usual pathways just were closed to us and we were like, well, how are we going to do this? And so we took a really different approach and we engaged Aligned sponsors to get involved in the film and fund it. And the result was this amazing film called Life Before Death. And it went out and we released it differently as well. We released it on World Palliative Care Day. I think it was in like 2010 or like quite a long time ago. And it screened in over 40 countries right around the world. Yeah. And we were like, well, this has had a massive impact. This is really different. And this is really fulfilling because we started getting all this feedback as well about how people were using the film and the real world change and the difference that it was making. And we went this is way more meaningful. We should do more of this. And so that kind of sent us on this journey. And that's what Moonshine Agency now is, is an impact film production company. It is incredible, the films that you have. And we'll talk about at least one of them coming up soon. But I'd like to actually know, what are your strengths? What do you do in the business? Because when you're creating films, I mean, you have the sponsors, you have the production, you have the marketing. My mind boggles with the work that you guys do. What are you good at? What am I good at? Yeah. Well, if it was a perfect world and I didn't have to do bookkeeping or any of those other business management things that we have to do, I would just do development. I'd do script writing, development, ideation. That's my happy place. That's what I love. That's what I would do. But sadly, anyone who does any kind of film producing knows that the bulk of time is actually spent on raising finance and administration. (laughs) So I wish it was a bit fun and sexier than that, but unfortunately that is. So what I love and what I'm really good at is story development, ideation, the really creative stuff. And what I do most of the time is more administrative. (laughs) Gosh, so the conversations I have, Sue, with so many people on this podcast and just in general in the business community is just that conundrum. It's like you have this gift. That's why you started your business, but then you get stuck wearing all the other hats. That's right. How do you, I guess, I want to say, how do you handle it? But I want to go a little bit deeper into that. How do you work within the two hats or different hats that you wear? So you keep your passion alive and that gift that you have going. It's really interesting you're asking me this right at this like little snapshot in time because the last couple of weeks we have been deep. It's like a tax offset that we have to apply to and it is 
deep bookkeeping. It is really intensive and it is not fun. So the way I've been working on that at the moment is I try and spend each morning, I do something creative in the morning, even if it's just for 15 minutes or two hours, whatever I can kind of scrape out of my day. And I just try and progress one project in a creative way so that I feel like I've got a little bit of that into my day and then I'll go and do the administrative work that comes after. And then it's so an ebb and flow. I think it's probably like this in any business. You know, there's different phases of where the productions are at and they require different things. And so something else that Mike and I do, because we both really love script writing, is we've sort of started dedicating a couple of hours every single week to writing a script. So it's taken us about two and a half years, but we've finally got almost a third draft of a feature film script. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so that's been fantastic. So it's a little side project, but that just kind of keeps me going, I guess. I like what you said, though, that you reserve the morning or the first part of the day and you actually block out time to maintain this part of you that needs, obviously, it's a big, important part of your business, but the part of you that is your passion. I mean, a lot of people, unfortunately, get into that reactive state in the morning. They go straight into other people's agendas and emails. And by the end of the day, they're so drained and have decision fatigue. And they're just like the thing that they love to do, they keep putting on the back shelf. So I like that you flip that and that you're able to make that happen, actually. It's good. (laughs) It's definitely in the calendar. I will say that. I absolutely have to put it in the calendar. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Everyone that I've been speaking to says the same. It's like managing time is it's no joke. I mean, it really is not. It is the key to having a life that is balanced, to doing what you love and living and breathing by the self-commitments in that calendar as well. It's just so important. So I want to talk about future fun projects that you're working on. What is something right now that your agency is working on? Fill us in. All right. So the big one that I'm really excited about right at this moment is there's a big poster right behind me for Conquering Cancer. So we produced a film, it's probably 18 months ago it came out now, called Conquering Cancer, and it was all about cervical cancer elimination globally. And it's grown. It's not just a feature film anymore. We've recently come back from the US where we've been filming additional stories and we're going to make an American version of the film to play for American audiences. And that was pretty amazing. So that's going to be coming out September-ish. But on top of that, we're also creating two new films, one on conquering skin cancer and one on conquering breast cancer. So the whole collection of films is really about hopeful, positive cancer stories, Yeah, which I know sounds like a bit of doesn't quite fit together, positive and cancer, but we're trying to tell stories of hopeful futures. You know, what can the world rise up to? What are the challenges and how can we overcome them is the approach that we're taking. So we're just kind of getting up to speed with those at the moment. So, yeah, that's really exciting. And from my experience, seeing what you guys do, actually, your films are very empowering, even though it is, like you said, a bit of a bleak subject in some cases. But the way they're put together is inspiring. So people have hope. And I think hope is such an important thing in people's lives. So question about the whole Conquering Cancer project that you're working on. So did you write the script? Talk me through the process of bringing this to light. So it's quite a process creating a documentary in the way that we do it. And usually the idea 
Often it's not necessarily initiated by us. Like a thought leader might say to us, did you know that there's this issue? And we'll go, oh, that's interesting. And then we'll go and explore it. And that's how conquering cervical cancer came about because somebody working in cancer control said, did you know they're going to eliminate cervical cancer and Australia is going to be one of the first countries to eliminate a cancer for the first time in human history? And we were like, wow, that's incredible. And then, of course, the flip side to that is that a woman dies somewhere on the planet every two minutes from cervical cancer. And you go, oh, how do we have that here where we're going to eliminate it? But everywhere else, women are dying in the hundreds of thousands every year. So how's Australia here and the rest of the world is here? And where are we learning and where can we share that information so others can learn that as well? And I think I've lost track of the question a little bit there, but... (laughs) No, it's great. You've started by telling me, you know, how it came to fruition. You had a thought leader to just ask that question, just posing that question, you know, did you know? that in Australia. We're no longer going to have cervical cancer. So you get this this idea, this concept, and then how does it become a film from there? Yeah, well, that's the exciting part. So that's where you explore stories. And we've got amazing partners on Conquering Cancer as well with the various different organisations, everything from not-for-profits to philanthropic organisations to med tech companies. It's a huge collection of sponsors have come together to support this initiative. And that's really important because you don't want to tell a story that's skewed to represent one particular path. You need to explore it from all different angles. And so that's been fantastic because the project partners are often connected to resources on the ground, so to speak, where you can go and find really good stories and work, you know, like they might have connection into a hospital in I don't know, Malaysia, and then you can work with a specialist in Malaysia and find the story. Do you know what I mean? That's all how it all links together. Incredible. And then it's just about exploring, you know, it really is just following those dots. So Australia's done this here. They've got a collaboration with Malaysia. How did that come about? What are the stories there? How's that? And then you just kind of follows on. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, Six Things Your Website Needs to Get More Customers, or download the Ultimate Checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. You know what's fascinating, you guys, is like how humble Sue is. Like seriously, listen to the work that her business is doing around the world to raise awareness. And you're just like, you wouldn't have any idea just how huge the shift is by having a just a conversation with you because you're so like lovely and approachable. And I'm finding that some of the people making the biggest change on this planet right now 
have that personality. And it's so incredibly refreshing to be around. So I just have to point that oh, out. Thank about you. It. Yeah, it's very, very true. <laughs> thank you. I have to meet Mike too, because I don't know what he's like. But <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's probably pretty similar, yeah. I would think. <laughs> yeah, no. He's also the director though. So he's a bit more bold, I think. He's like, in his, do this. Uh, no, yeah. I know you'd have to be yeah. in that role, I suppose. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's incredible. And you guys too, the reason why Sue's on this show, not only is her business doing incredible things, and we are going to talk a little bit about just overwhelm and stress and how she manages that as well. But Sue's actually a client of mine, and I am very particular with the clients to bring on this show, but there are some really incredible people in my network, and I wanted to bring her to you, and I wanted to chat a little bit about our working relationship as well. How did you hear about me? When did that relationship start? So I actually met you when I was, I guess you call it a member at the Entourage, yeah. which is like a school for entrepreneurs. So one thing that I have learned is that even though I went to university and I've got a degree and yada, 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 I was never taught business management. So then I found myself running a business going, we're on a business. <laughs> and so I went to the entourage, which was fantastic. And I sort of spent two years just learning, you know, all the ins and outs. And it was an amazing experience. And I met you there we because did. obviously you were one of the instructors. Is that what? I guess they call vision partners or mentors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Different words. And then I think it was about six months ago. And this also feeds into the overwhelm is that I even wrote a blog about this recently, which is that Filmmaking is a skill and it's a thing that you learn the storytelling and then there's social media and you would think, you know, how hard could it be to create an Instagram reel? But it's not that simple. And so all of our projects rely so heavily on social media to spread the word and engage audiences and we just weren't getting anywhere on Instagram and we couldn't, you know, it's just ringing my, you know, like, how do we get this traction through social? And then, of course, I thought of you and I thought, so that's why I reached out and said, help. <laughs> and it's been such a fun project. And one of the things that was huge and was music to my ears in our conversation the other day, too, was that you're like, hey, Heather, I've talked for the new Conquering Cancer Project. We've spoken to the editors and they're actually going to be making vertical videos and it's in the plan. And it shows me that you now know what works on social media. Because when we first started chatting, everything was like landscape, YouTube, videos, movie videos. And so just, just so you guys know too, just by making little tiny tweaks, by taking landscape into square and then vertical videos on social media... We just got to see this huge spike in engagement of the people watching and actually watching past three seconds. And amazingly, in Sue's case with the videos, multiple projects that they were putting out, there were like 80% of the people watching all the way through to the end on most of them, which is unheard of. People do not watch 80% of content on social media. So little tweaks, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so like ultimately our relationship, just so you guys know, I mean, Sue has, we've done Conquering Cancer, we're working on Together coming up, but I just wanted to bring also a couple of the other amazing projects too. The last one, well, two that I loved, Live the Life You Please. So that is sort of still going around and doing screenings, but what was that project all about? So Live the Life You Please, it's a beautiful film and it's an Australian story, which is also a little unusual for us to do a completely Australian story. But because we done so much work in palliative care and telling stories in palliative care over the last decade. And then we thought, well, we really need to tell this story in Australia because although we have an amazing medical system here in Australia, 
Palliative care's got a lot of myths around it. People think it's end of life, as in literally last few days of life. You know, if you go to hospital and get referred to palliative care, then you're done. There's all these kind of ideas. And we went, well, this isn't really true. And if people don't understand what it is, they're not going to ask for it. And if they don't ask for it, they're not going to get this really important end of life care that, you know, makes such a massive difference to people who are sick, but also to their families. And so, We went on a journey to learn about palliative care in Australia and we filmed the most amazing stories and someone actually described it, the presenter on the show actually described it as, it's a series of love stories. Yeah. And I think that's so true. And so even though it's a deeply emotional film, it's also, I've sat in the cinema, I mean, I've seen it quite a few times during the launch and people laughing out loud and feeling really empowered after they see it about making choices in their own lives or with their family members. So that's been a fantastic film to put out. And for any filmmakers out there, broadcasters will still tell you, it's too hard, no one wants to hear about that. And we're still being told this by broadcasters that no one wants to talk about palliative care. And yet we've just released this film nationally in over 100 cinemas around the country raving reviews, media everywhere. It's been a really, really positively well-received film. And if we'd listened to the broadcasters, we would not have made this film. And you've been very helpful with that too, helping us actually get it onto social media. So I should should also point that out. That's been a really... Because that overcoming that challenge too, how to find an audience, because it is quite a niche audience and social media was really important to that. I'd actually like to talk on that point quickly too, because you just said how to find the audience. So a couple of things I love that you said. The first one was, if you'd listened to the other people out there, you might never have taken this project on. But with that said, the audience that I saw just from looking at the ads and the reach and what was happening, guys, on social media, there's something called, like if you are doing ads to raise awareness or you know get people to your website, there's something called a click-through rate and a cost per click. And it's a good indication on how people are responding with your messaging. And in this case, for this specific campaign, the click-through rates were ridiculously high. We're talking seven, eight, nine, 10%. Just to give you context, if you could get 1%, you're doing well these days. So the fact that you, A, just listen to your gut and put this out there, and B, that this message resonated and it resonated hard with the target market and the people that were out there. There's a couple of great business lessons in that, I suppose, as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think for anyone doing anything creative, if you believe in it and you think there's an audience for it, you shouldn't stop. You just find a different way to make it. Just find another way to do it. (laughs) I love that you have said that. (laughs) More of us need to hear that more often. You know, just don't stop. Find a different way of doing it. I want to change gears a little bit and talk to you around stress and overwhelm because we all have it. (laughs) And that's really ultimately the goal of this podcast, The Hustle Rebellion, which is actually about us joining arms as business owners around the world and sharing our stories of how we get out of stress cycles, how we deal with overwhelm, and also that there truly is hopefully a new way to do business in a way that you're not head down grinding (laughs) 24-7. Not quite, but you know what I mean. (laughs) So. In your business growth, how do you handle those moments of stress and overwhelm? It's a really interesting question, and I do think it's very dependent on what is going on and what's causing the stress. 
So, for example, in the lead up to the launch of Live a Life You Please, we'd had this incredible experience of a month in America. The whole of April, we were in the US filming for Conquering Cancer. Came back and then we were into the launch of Live the Life You Please, which was the film I was talking about on palliative care. And then Mike and I had already been pre-booked to do a week in New Zealand for a totally different project again, which was the week before the actual launch. So I just literally went from, like, I got off the plane on the way back from the US on the Sunday morning and I was at work at nine on the Monday morning and then it just didn't stop for about three weeks. And I have never been so exhausted in my entire life. And that was a real lesson for me where I really, I was physically not doing very well. I was getting dizzy and I was just so fatigued. And I realized that I can't do that again. I have to structure my time much better. It's best laid plans. Always so many reasons why all these things compound on top of each other. But it really made me go, I have to be much more diligent in future about managing my time. And I think a big part of that is scheduling and getting out the big 12-month calendar and going, okay, what's happening when? What staff do we need when? How much lead time do we need to actually recruit people for things? And so it's that really big picture planning, but then it's also the everyday and making sure, you know, okay, as we talked about before, I'm going to do something creative first thing and I'm going to have a lunch break and I'm going to finish and I'm going to do exercise, whether that's, you know, Pilates or whatever else it is. And I will finish work at X time and I will finish work at that time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think you have to have some real boundaries. You do. A big theme in this show is most people are really, well, not really good, but getting better at saying no. And that's sometimes the hardest thing when you're, especially as an entrepreneur, you're presented with a lot of opportunities, especially as you get more and more successful. People are emailing you, hey, can we do this together or this? And at first, the little you, the little baby business owner is like, oh my gosh, people want to do stuff with me. And you're like, yes, great. But you have to learn at one step in your journey that no is actually more important than yes. And it's really hard. It's really because I sense you're probably like me, like being busy is, you know, I think Brene Brown, do you know Brene Brown? Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. And she said something about, When someone says play, like it used to just like almost like she could feel just this stress rising up in her when people would say, you need some playtime, you need some downtime because it was so completely the opposite of getting things done. I've just got to get things done. I'm just, I'm busy and I've got to get this and this and this. And the idea of stopping feels really unnatural. So it's about learning to go, it's okay to do nothing sometimes. It's okay to read a book and it's okay to just hang out with your friends and you're not being unproductive. It's a different type of productive. Yeah, we've trained ourselves over the years, I think, whether it's society or our mentors or whatever it is, we've trained ourselves that sort of have to keep working, you have to keep pushing through it, get through it. What was the old mentality of sort of our parents is like, you have to work hard. (laughs) That stuff still lives within a lot of us. And I remember for me, the first step for me to get out of the cycle. So I had another business, another agency, and it was horrible. I let it rule me. I couldn't sleep. I had heart palpitations, making myself sick. And ultimately, I remember somebody said, like, you can go out with your friends on the weekend. You can have a lunch. It's okay. (laughs) But I felt so guilty. I was so ingrained in that cycle of sort of self-abuse that I would literally be at the table and I couldn't enjoy myself. 
So my first step and my first goal was, okay, go out to lunch, put your phone upside down, just focus on enjoying yourself for one hour. And I literally had to start there to change my life. So yeah, you have to teach yourself to take a step back. Yes. You do. And just like <laughs> what you said, it's like, I love that you've come out of that three months of hard slog and you're like, okay, never again, or three weeks. And you're like, never again, I'm going to have to put into plan an action to make this happen. So recognizing the fact that, you know, you get into these cycles and we all do, there's moments, but how are you going to not make them happen so profoundly again in the future? <laughs> that's right. And I think as you say that, the other thing that's coming to mind is prioritizing. So yeah, like that's what I really had to do through that stretch is go, okay, so, you know, the things that I had on my list, how much are they important? And what ones can just go away? Maybe for good or till next week. Yeah. And once I started doing that, that alleviates a lot of stress because you think, okay, I really wanted to do X, Y, and Z, but it wasn't actually going to progress what I'm trying to do right now. So maybe it's not that important. And so I think just having that, yeah, really helps. Really good advice. Really good advice. And if somebody, you guys, that is putting together a film to go out globally can do this, you can do it. <laughs> so. Yeah. So as we start to wrap up with the Conquering Cancer Project that you're working on right now, if people want to get involved, and this is sort of tugging at their heartstrings, and let's be honest, it probably will for most of the population because we ourselves have been affected personally or family members. How would they get involved? The first thing I always say is that if you've got a cervix, go and get your screening. Like regardless of the Conquering Cancer Project, but just go and do that because that is the best self-care you can do to prevent yourself getting a serious diagnosis is just make sure you do that. And if you've got children, get them vaccinated. Then the next thing you can do is I would love it if you came and joined us on Instagram over at Conquering Cancer Campaign. And there's so much content on there and also on the website that you can explore loads of short films, lots of information and ways to get involved. So that's what I would really recommend for people to do. First, self-care, go and get your cervical screening. Really important. Don't put it off. And the second one is come and join us. <laughs> Definitely do, you guys, because the plans coming up in the future for the Conquering Cancer movement is massive and you'll want to be along for that ride and see what Sue's up to and all the beautiful storytelling and video clips and things that they have planned. It's well worth checking them out over on definitely Instagram or Facebook if you love Facebook as well. So as we start to close down on this conversation, do you have any last tips or thoughts just overall on overwhelm, stress and hustle? I think someone much wiser than me said something about it's going to happen. Just got to be patient. We all want everything to happen right now. But if you you know, you just keep going bit by bit by bit. And it's amazing what you've achieved in two weeks, in a month, in three years. And when I look back on this business, you know, I think this is our 13th year and we've produced seven impact films and we've got three or four in the pipeline. And I go, that's huge. It's huge. But we don't ever stop and kind of look at the successes we've had and how much we've achieved. We just want to do everything right now. So I think it's just remembering that if you just keep going, it might take a year, but it will happen. It doesn't have to happen right now. <laughs> and that's quite relieving, I find. 
Really great way to lead the conversation. So guys, make sure to come over to thehustlerebellion.com. We have the show notes. We have the links to Sue's different projects and websites. You can check out what she's up to and join in on the movement and the conversation over there as well. And thank you, Sue, for being on the show. Ah, thank you for having me. Hey, Hustle Rebels. If you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.